Consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, Classic, and I'm here with my co-host. Gypsy. And today we have Kamani um, Brandle. From, he is the host of Improvement Podcast. Uh, welcome, Himani. Kimani. Sorry. Hey, happy to be here. I don't know if here. I got your name right. <laughs> yeah, Kamani. Yeah, that's, Kimani, that's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I appreciate you guys inviting me to come on the show. It's a pleasure having you. So where, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, you know, where are you from and mm-hmm. things like that? So I was born and raised in Beaumont, Texas. Okay. And uh, for the past, I would say almost two years, uh, I've been living in Houston for work. And so Beaumont's a city that's maybe about an hour and a half from Houston, uh, more east, maybe about 100,000 people. So not the type of place that you want to go visit, I would say. So if you haven't heard of it, then it's probably a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. Me, myself, I'm from Mississippi. Well, born in Oxford, Mississippi. So I'm sure, you know, it's the similar thing, even just with Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) What inspired you to do the podcast and why do you focus on um, men or young men? Yeah, so um, it's kind of interesting how I got into it. But um, to give you an idea for you could say 22 years of my life, right? Uh, My parents had pushed this whole agenda of, you know, go to school, make good grades so you can get into a good college. And then after that, get a good job, have a wife, kids, you know, buy a house and then probably work for the next 30, 40 years of your life and then retire. Right. And so that was kind of, that was my whole life purpose. I guess you could say for like the first 22 years of my life. What's wrong with that? Uh, No, I'm just uh, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Different strokes for different folks. Right. But the thing is when I got to like, when I finally hit the goal, right. Yeah. And started working my full-time job, you know, about three months in, I'm kind of sitting there and I remember looking at the screen, looking at the spreadsheets I was working on thinking, man, I'm going to be doing this for the next 30 years of my life, probably. And I was not excited at all. <laughs> like I was Reality getting no check, fulfillment huh? from it. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could say that. And so, uh, I figured there has to be something that I can do at least like in my free time that I feel like is, uh, you know, in alignment with me, something that's, that I feel like is offering value, something I actually like to do. Because it's like, if all I'm living for is just to, you know, wake up, do this job. And then let's say on the weekend, maybe like go out, get some drinks or something like that with friends. It's like, you know, that's not much of a, uh, of a life to live for, at least in my opinion, you know, there are other things that I wanted to do. And so with the podcast, I felt like I had a skill set that kind of aligned with what would be necessary to do podcasting Two, I was an avid listener and three, I would say the topics I talk about a men's personal development is something that really resonated with me a lot. And the reason why is because growing up, I had my father around, I had my grandfathers on on both sides. And so I was, I was blessed for that. But one thing I'll say is that even though I had those um, male figures in my life, there was still a lot to be desired, I guess you could say, because even though they were present, I wouldn't say they're necessarily I like present, if that makes sense. You know, my grand, mm-hmm. my grandfather's day, they, they worked for most of their lives. You know, they did their job. They brought in the income. But the thing about it was that that was um, pretty much it, at least when it came to influencing me. And then with my own father, uh, some of the things that I've even talked about on my uh, on my show, uh, I would say that a lot of the uh, 
the identity crisis sort of things that I talk about on improvement and uh, the idea of like what it means to be a man. I feel like he allowed those things to shape how he saw himself and in a way it limited him from being able to be as dynamic or as adaptable as I may need him to be in my life as my father. And so a lot of those areas I may not have been developed in. And so now that I've gone through like the hard knocks, I guess you could say to try and be a more well-rounded man, be a healthy man to be able to foster good relationships and to have a productive future. Uh, I figured why not try and help other guys learn the same stuff. So that way, instead of, you know, doing like a six year personal development process, like I've been doing since college, you know, they can learn it at 18, 19, 20 years old or whenever they tune into the podcast. Right. That's pretty nice. <clears throat> so what are, um, what are some of the things that I guess you would, what some of the tips that you would give some of the people that may have been in your situation, just some of the top tips that may have, you know, similar lifestyle came up like you dealing with certain things. What are some of the tips? Hmm. Where do I start? Uh, honestly, going back to what I said about identity before, I think that if, more young men had a better idea of who exactly they were and who exactly they wanted to be. It would lead to them having a lot less problems because I would say a lot of the issues that I ran into socially came from me just not having a strong defined identity and not knowing exactly what it was that I valued. Everything that I was trying to do in life, everything that was important to me, the reason why it was important was because someone else told me that's what was supposed to be important to me as a young black man. And it didn't, happened until I guess you could say, you know, 22, 23 years old, that I started to realize, hey, just because this works for that person doesn't mean that it has to work for me. You know, at the end of the day, it's my life. And so why would I not live a life that's in alignment with, with the stuff that I actually value, as opposed to trying to gear myself in a direction uh, of a, like an image that other people think that I should feel, if that makes sense. And so that's, I think, the first piece of advice I would give. And to follow up on that, to like, I guess, to deep dive into it a little bit. The first thing you really have to do to be able to establish an identity, I would say, is look at the people around you, or maybe there aren't even people around you, maybe people that you want to be like, that you've heard of or seen before. Think of like what it is that you admire about those people. And that's something that you can work on reflecting with, it, with your own actions, you could say. So like, let's say you look at somebody that's uh, in your neighborhood or maybe like a teacher or a mentor that you have. You say, look, this, this guy has empathy. He's, he's integrous. He's, you know, a, a man of God. He's devoted to, um, to his, um, I guess, to the scripture and all that, to God. He holds himself accountable, something like that. If these are all things that you admire about some of the people that are around you or like in your life, then why not take those things and say, okay, let me model my actions in my direction in life to align with these values as opposed to what these other people value, because at the end of the day, this is something that I can feel good about. And that's going to matter to me the most. Who are some of the major um, influences that, you know, you look up to and admire? Ooh, that's actually, a, that's actually a tough question because um, for, I would say most of my, I guess most of like those years when I was really developing into a young man, I looked up to my father and the thing about that is that a lot of those habits that I picked up from him, you know, while I felt like they may have been working in the short term, I could see 
uh, they weren't putting me along the trajectory in life that I wanted to go down. Once I started to get a better idea of what my values were, and also I got the chance to be around healthier people, I moved and went off to college. And so for a while, I was kind of just learning on my own, you could say, listening to other podcasts. Well, this was before I did the podcast, but listening to podcasts, um, looking at uh, other men and mentors that I came across that were doing something that I admired and trying to kind of model myself after them. Like I remember there was this uh, one mentor that I had that uh, I had actually met through like a summer sales job that I was doing. And just from me going into his house and trying to sell him the stuff, uh, I saw how he, uh, I saw the relationship he had with his wife and with his kids. And that was something that I'd never seen in my house growing up. And so I really respected it and I wanted to model my future relationships after that. And so I kept in touch with him and he was one of the people that I would talk to to get advice about family related stuff. Right. And I had another mentor that was, uh, I don't know how his family life was, but I know that he was excelling in his career. And so he was, you could say my career mentor, I would always run stuff through him. I would ask him about what I could do to make myself a better candidate for whatever internship that was coming up or to get in a certain program. And then whenever I got my full-time offers coming out of school, I ran them by him and asked questions about that. And so that was really the main way that, uh, I guess you could say I kind of got it myself to be who I wanted to be. And then now pretty much now that I've kind of taken on this project doing improvement, uh, I still know those guys and like I, I've caught up with them every once in a while. But the thing is, you know, different things with the pandemic and all that have made things pretty difficult for people to do maybe what they did before. Mm-hmm. How long you've been doing the podcast? Uh, only uh, like a year and a month. So okay. I started for uh, New pandemic. Year's last year. Okay. And so it just made a year uh, for this one. Okay. Congratulations on your consistency on that as well. Yeah. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. You, um, I've, as far as for me personally, um, my parents divorced when I was elementary. And as I've grown older, I've learned a lot of things about both sides of, you know, my parents. And I've also kind of did a little bit of study on, you know, more about who my father's people was as well. My father's mm-hmm. family was um, his father, his real father died when he was two years of age and um, my grandmother remarried. So he had a stepfather and everything and they had more siblings. But for me to, you know, even learn, I, I spent I'm a, a daddy's boy, so I've spent a lot of time, of course, with my father. When me growing up, he had an alcoholic um, habit. Mm-hmm. So from my birth to probably in my 20s, that was a relationship. I can't say a relationship. It wasn't a, like a, anything negative for for me necessarily because I'm a father's boy and I was able to look past a lot of things. Um and it not just him, it was from on both sides of the families. So it wasn't, it's more of generational things. And sometimes we have to look at some of the generational things that has been put into um, the household of, of some of our families. Um, the, the studies that I did with my elder, who was a eight, he's in his 80s, and he does more of the research on the family, I was able to learn more about you know the genetics of my family and 
it was it's not like even for me I, at the the older i got it's five of us as well i'm not sure how many um siblings you have and we all have the same two sisters as well okay two sisters yeah mm-hmm. and uh, it was just from from for me i've had i've had my moments i could say with maybe in my 20s with my my father as well but i got like i said to live and to understand the science or what's going on or to even to get a reason why certain things you know didn't work out like have you i know you can you know wonder why your parents relationship didn't work out was it this way that's when sometimes you have to go through a relationship Mm -hmm. of your own to kind of maybe get an experience and maybe see like wow okay maybe this is what happened or this is what happened so i was able to kind of go and read between the lines on my father's upcoming to kind of just see what was the root of some of you know his adult behaviors and Mm -hmm. i just actually recently learned that his drinking habit started when he was like 12 years old oh that was that was something that i didn't think about growing up like when did he start when my grandmother was 16 when she had him so it was a different time but to kind of get a little picture of or to to try to see what their childhood was like and kind of where does some of this you know ch- i could say maybe you know just it's not even necessarily characteristics because a lot of it does depend on your the environment that you're in and the five of us even my siblings we all have different energies about it you know i care to learn about you know the history a little bit more than them they're still interested but you know we all have those different characteristics as well so I, of course, I'm, I'm 38 years old now. I've grabbed my negatives. I've been through the positives of, you know, same characteristics or similar, I can't, I can say similar, you know, characteristics and seen where my, my father may have had his complications, where my mother may have had her complications, where the friction may have, you know, been, I'm still grateful for my life, but to even grow old enough to understand that our parents were traumatized mm-hmm. in a way that they'll probably never tell us. And their parents were probably traumatized in a way that was probably kept a secret from them. I've even learned about just myths in the family that just was created from those traumas. As they told us, yo, you can't go fishing on a Sunday from my grandfather's trauma which had nothing to do with the sunday fishing on a sunday there was nothing wrong with going fishing on a sunday but those things are you know they stem from something that we have no idea so even to you know take a little time to do a little research on the relationship that you know because i know without a doubt i could i could almost feel that my i probably still know more about my father's family than he does he's a carpenter Mm -hmm. but it was still it's something that it matters to him but at this age it doesn't at the same time because there's really a lot of pain that come out even with the the we me and my uncle sat down my elder sat down and we it was a recorded um session and yeah there's some there's a lot of pain there that 
my father probably doesn't know about, but at this age, it's probably, it won't even do any good to, you know, is it, is it more pain or is it just a, you know, it's good to know, but for him personally, mm-hmm. I could say that, yeah, it is, it'll be extra on him. But like I said, in every situation is different. I don't, I can't really know. I don't know anybody else with, you know, a story quite like my father's still have overcome some of the things and we're all, you know, there's a piece, there's a very good piece, you know, as life goes on, you there will be, you know, a understanding and okay, these, ha- these things had to go sour in these generations, maybe for it to work. Like I said, what you're fixing mm-hmm. in, in your generation. I think, I think I see where you're coming from and I can definitely relate to it because at first you could say I had a lot of resentment and that was something that took a while to get over. But, uh, something that helped me to be able to get in a healthier space and kind of take on that same attitude that you're talking about is really just empathizing, kind of putting myself in the shoes of those men that came before me and that came from doing the digging, like you were talking about kind of putting myself uh, in their space to see what it was they dealt with, or maybe ask the question of what is it that led to them being the way that they are, maybe having some of those struggles that they deal with today. So I can, I can definitely relate to that. And, you know, I know that things are not ideal for any of them. You know, my, my grandfather on my mom's side, I think he grew up with like, uh, I think, what was it like at least like 13 or 14 other siblings all in one house. And so, you know, they're, definitely different dynamics that come with that that have led to him maybe having some of the struggles or maybe personality traits that he has right now but there have also been good ones too some that i've come to appreciate you know after uh coming to an understanding of that and then on my grandfather's side too grew up on a farm uh all he knew how to do pretty much was hard work and he uh vietnam veteran and everything and the challenges that came with that not only physically with uh, him being disabled after the war but even mentally too you know, seeing friends die and that sort of thing. So I can definitely see how they probably got to the point where they did. And then even my own father, uh, seeing how maybe the, you could say like the bravado or like that, that, um, I guess that role or that face that he put on, uh, something I came to realize, or at least, you know, my, my assumption is that it was somewhat of like a defense mechanism. It, It seemed as though, uh, he had to, put on this face or like, you know, find a way to show his importance or, you know, how smart he was or how much value he could bring. He had to find some way to enforce that on people because if he didn't get that recognition, then I feel like it might've made it to where he would have had to really sit down and reflect and see what was going wrong in his life. And something that I'd also like to add to this is while it is good to empathize, one thing I will say is that like the people that I fully respect and the ones that, that, uh, you know, I can't really be upset with are the ones that acknowledge what it is that's going on with them and what's wrong. And they, and they take the actions to make a change and to be better. Cause I mean, you do a personal development podcast. I do a personal development podcast. I could very well say, Oh, look at all this, you know, trauma or these challenges I've had from my upbringing. Right. Hey, it happened to me and, you know, I'm like this for a reason. So let me just, you know, be that way. And, you know, if if my kids come in the future, 
I'm going to tell them, hey, you know, this stuff that happened to me, if that happened to me, I wouldn't be passing down this trauma to you. I mean, technically, I could do the same thing that people before me did. But the thing is, I feel like that would be extremely selfish. And that's the part where, like, I can't empathize fully because the thing is, it seems as though it really it seems like it's a problem for men in general, which is kind of something I talked about on the show, too, which is taking that step back and getting rid of the ego to be able to actually reflect and see what it is that you're doing that's making things not go well in your life. Uh, maybe maybe you aren't as competent in one area as you thought you were. Maybe that you aren't as great of a guy as you thought you were, right? Maybe your character, your morals aren't as straight as you thought they were. And I think having the, um, that attitude to be able to reflect and to do that, I think that shows like true selflessness because that's when you notice somebody's really putting the best interests of the people that they brought into the world and care about uh, in front of them, as opposed to putting their ego ahead of the best interests of other people. Did I kind of connect the dots in that to like um, add some more depth to my perspective? Yeah, I was going to add to that, like the mental health and wellness and personal development wasn't really something that everyone was talking about back in the day. Like yeah, right now not. it's yeah. in the forefront. It's the hot topic. It's something that everyone is focusing on, but you know, back in our parents' days, they didn't really know how to, there wasn't really conversations on how to deal with PTSD or how to deal with trauma or anything like that. So they bottled it up. And now, you know, we can benefit from all this information that's out there and say, hey, like we, you know, we changed our life. Why couldn't you do that? But it wasn't, that information wasn't so... Well, maybe it was. I don't know, but not just as like, well, like it just wasn't as popular. You didn't even have the internet. You can turn on the internet yeah, now, and you see just a bunch of self motivation, everything. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah. it's their environment that kind of you know, to a certain degree, is where you learned enough things. But I could say, well, however, forgiveness is something that I could say was a super key growing up. And kind of, it helps to recharge some things. Also, it doesn't really matter who you are as far as any kind of parent. You know, if you mentally, if you're not mentally healthy, you know, it's not, it doesn't matter, you know, as far as with your, you know, whether you're going to be able to, to function at your job, function at your, you know, your career, function with your kids. Even that, I guess a little bit experience now nothing is i don't think your life is ever going to be quite as perfect as you want it or to go right you mentioned you know you can question why certain things aren't going right sometimes you have to wonder what are those things that aren't going right so if your mm -hmm. if your job is going right your you know your career is you know booming and everything but it's a balance no you don't have a balance with the time and family type thing it's going to, you know, create a problem. It's not going to, you know, it's going to be considered, it's not going right. Because if there's, you know, something wrong with the family or you can't do certain things, your success, yeah, it can go good here. It don't mean it's going to go there. Having a balance mm -hmm. and kind of knowing an emotional balance is something that we weren't quite taught. I could say my generation wasn't quite taught 
growing up. So it didn't lead for a healthy house. So it didn't lead for a psychologically healthy person. It didn't lead for good parents because it's a, it's a tough definition of what you really can call a good parent. You have any kids? No, no. it's a hard Luckily definition yeah. <laughs> of what you can call a good parent because you still have to look at the kid. The parent could be like, yo, I did this. I did that. I did this. I'm trying this. And, t- and the kid can grow up and become the adult that the kid want to become, whether it's negative or whether it's positive, the kid can grow up and grow up and blame the parent for being such a great parent. You never know. So me, myself, I have a 20 year old in Mississippi. It's a different ball game when it comes to the individual life. I can win in a lot of areas. I probably won't be able to say I'm one of the best fathers out there, but it really depends on whose definition or whose opinion. Right. At the end of the day, it depends on, is it your kid's opinion or is it your wife's opinion or is it the somebody out there's opinion? Is it your own opinion? Because right now, a lot of men still have to encourage themselves to feel like I'm good enough as a man or I'm good enough as this. So one of the things that I've noticed with my mom and growing up as an adult is four boys and one girl. She's not the most encouraging all the time, I'm guessing. So even to do the math on one plus one equals two, what could my mother have may have said to my father at his lowest? You know, who was there to Mm -hmm. kind of pull him out a little bit? And sometimes I can see the connection, right? You, me, I'm happily married. I could say that. A lot of men can't say they're happily married. A lot of men can be married. A lot of men can be married and have kids. A lot of men can be married and be the hap- the, the best father, but they really just wish they could have got out that marriage or something or just, you may never have it right mm-hmm. in all areas as a man growing up. Cause you know, you always, you're never going to really have it right. My bad. You're never really going to have it right to society. We know where we're going with this. We know that, hey, Mm -hmm. me personally, I still, I don't really watch a lot of movies, but I do still look for that. Let me just, how many main black strong characters can we see on the film or on the TV? And it's, you know, that's one of the things that it's like, I have no control with that. We understand where that control comes from. How long has that been? But it's like, yeah, it's, is is something that it, it's embedded it's being embedded it's being a part of the program dating is not necessarily going to get better probably so, not it's, if anything i think it's just getting worse and worse yeah. just from my perspective i think it's been gone 24 and so you know most of dating goes on on dating apps and all that and just from what i've heard from older people and then just really from my own research it doesn't seem like it's going to be getting better anytime soon. In your opinion, how has the pandemic changed the dating, um, the dating scene or. Hmm. The pandemic. 
Well, yeah. Um, to uh, to acknowledge what you had said before, though, I just wanted to say that uh, I do appreciate you sharing that perspective about you know, like not maybe having it together in all areas. And I don't think anybody should expect their parent to be perfect. You know, I definitely wouldn't say that I do either. I wouldn't expect my dad or my mom to be perfect. Uh, the thing, the thing that I guess you could say is the most important to me is just that effort, you know, that there was at least effort, effort, put in effort. Yeah. to try and be the best that you could be. Right. And that, that might be something I failed to communicate whenever I was kind of elaborating on my stance on it. Because I, I think that key thing that made it to where maybe it didn't always sit right with me was that I didn't see effort, yeah. you could say. And, but I definitely do see where you're coming from yeah. or how, um, you know, there's going to be different factors that are going to make it to where you aren't going to have all your, uh, I guess, all your, um, your stuff in order in every single area. And I definitely would think it'd be unrealistic to ask somebody to do that, to just be perfect everywhere. But so I, I do see where you're saying. I think we have common ground on that. And yeah, then to answer your question about the dating, uh, honestly, I don't think that uh, the pandemic necessarily has like done too much to change dating because most dating was online already anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it made it to where like people weren't meeting up as often or maybe doing like more uh, like FaceTime dates, that sort of thing. But I feel like it's pretty much the uh, the same type of avenues. Like, like my mom and dad, they met at the mall right yeah pretty much like every girl that i've met up with or like hung out with has probably been either from in college if i happen to take a class with her or something or been in a club but the other ones were all from dating apps and so uh the pandemic i guess it just made it to where people had to be like a little bit more safe about it or like maybe they didn't do it as much but i think it's still the same i figured like people had less trust or I guess more in the beginning when nobody knew what you know what was going on. I was I was wondering if people were, you know, less trusting of each other. So that kind of changed the dynamic of you mm-hmm. know when you're first meeting up. You know, uh in regards to to COVID, I know one thing that's a little bit different now with dating that I didn't think about before is uh vaccinated versus anti vax. There are some people that take this stuff very seriously where, you know, if you aren't vaccinated, they won't date you at all. Don't won't even consider it. If you are vaccinated, they have some people that say, I don't want to talk to somebody that, that has the vaccine. And so that's one thing that's very specific to the pandemic. But um, that's when I can only one wow. I can think of. You talked about. I thought that was being able like to, a parody. Oh, no, that's a real thing, actually. No, that's <laughs> that's actually a real thing. I haven't yeah. I won't say that I've come across it often. But there are profiles you'll see on there where let's say like if you have the jab or something like that, swipe left, don't talk to me, uh, that sort of thing. But um, and you mentioned something about people being comfortable. I mean, yeah, that's one thing you kind of have to be a little bit safer uh, whenever you're doing it, like the online route. I mean, I'm a guy, so it's not really something that I think about. But I would imagine for women, that's something they're a lot more uh, conscious about. Like I've heard of like some girls, like if they know they're meeting a guy at a, at like a cafe or like maybe a bar or something like that to get drinks, they might have a friend that's like around in the same place. They'll like, you know, watch her walk in and like meet up with the guy just to make sure she's safe, that sort of thing. And like kind of just hang out in the area. But, you know, me being a guy, you know, if I get them to agree to the date, I just show up. 
I don't think about my life being in danger or anything. It's not like it's not like I'm uh, putting myself in a spot where we're just, you know, completely alone. You know, where let's say maybe somebody's trying to set you up and rob you. I know that happens on dating apps where people can get yeah. finessed like that. And you can have some people that, you know, aren't the people that you match with come and show up and take your stuff. But, yeah, I haven't heard of that happening to anybody that I know. Not to turn it into like some type of Kevin Samuel um, segment, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I definitely wouldn't want to get into that. Like if you was to visualize meeting the person that you would, you know, that you would be interested in, what is like a type of place, or what is the the scenario, or what you know, how do you visualize so like, meeting the the person that you feel like okay, you'd be able to trust? She'll trust mm-hmm. you. You'll trust them. There won't be any type of thing. So that's dish, like the magic dish. formula we're all trying to figure out, I guess. But um, I would say, let's see, like if I met her, like at church, or uh, are the churches open there? Yeah, churches are open in Texas. Okay, for for I'm the most sure part, if, anyway. I'm not sure if they're still open here. Pretty much everything has been open since um, since like last, I would say, yeah, like maybe like last um. March or April, maybe probably even before that, actually, now that I think about it, this stuff has been open for so long out here. I mean, the only thing they have you do is wear a mask in some places, but pretty much everything has been open for the longest. Okay. But, um, yeah, maybe church or I don't know if church is open here yet. We don't have a, you know, really go to church here. We're spiritual, but yeah, mm-hmm. we're not, not just big on religious. I grew up in the church. So yeah, that's, yeah, I that's get what why you're saying. I don't know if the church is open here. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that's understandable. Yeah. You know, that's just, um, you know, I, I go to church, so that's the thing. So I would know, yeah. but, um, they didn't really open until like some, like some months back if I'm, if I'm correct, but, um, maybe there or maybe at like, a something probably related to like wellness or like personal development. Like maybe if it's like a book club. You travel Probably often? Maybe. What any not, places? Not you've, often. You've ever... I've only traveled maybe like out of the country. I've only traveled like three times, and you know I've been to like a few other states. Like I went, I went skiing one time in in New Mexico, but I don't. I'm not like a big time traveler. Okay. Maybe for my age, I guess I've traveled a little bit more than average, but you know I'm not going somewhere every year. Okay, I can say that traveling definitely helps mm-hmm. with 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 dating. If I was to give any kind of in dating advice to, I, and I don't really give dating advice because that's, but why these traveling that? would be just because you meet so many different people. Some places have people have certain areas and this is just the mindset of those of that area. Mm-hmm. So like the visualization that you may have of meeting somebody, it may not be in Texas. It may be right. somewhere else. And with you knowing that it's somewhere else and it's not what you're used to, to trying or if it's just something new, it'll give you a different vibration to be like, okay, it's a better chance or it's a better feeling. It's a less fear. Maybe, maybe they're not, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same. It's not the same as, you know, I got you. So you're saying, let's say I go travel somewhere like to uh, Africa. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or uh, you know, some some gotcha. other country, and I go live there for a little bit. 
And if I if I like the culture, if I like the the vibes there, maybe go live there and find a wife there. I, it doesn't even necessarily have to live there. You don't have to probably live there, but just kind of practice. Yeah, going but living there. Yeah, you could try. Yeah, because because well. I was thinking like if I don't live there, or maybe if the person I meet if she doesn't move, I know the long distance stuff could probably be uh, pretty challenging. Yeah, and from. I'm the youngest out of, you know, five and I have two siblings that's not married. And I could say the only frustration that they would probably have where they live now is that they've been there their whole life. So if the dating uh, scene gets frustrating is because it's that energy there, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, and whoever made the rule that the person that you're looking for is going to be in your hometown of where you were born versus on earth. Yeah. I mean, they don't have to be in your hometown. Yeah. They got, what is it like 330 million people in the U S so, I mean, cut, cut that in half. Yeah. If you're, if you're heterosexual anyway, and then you got that whole pool of, <laughs> you got that whole pool of, uh, of women of all ages to, to choose from, you know, probably cut that down a little bit more if you want to pick it in like an age range. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that's there's still millions of options. Yeah. You don't have to stay in. I would have to stay in Beaumont, you know, to try and find my soulmate. I highly doubt I found one there, you know, yeah. <laughs> just kind of based on that stuff you said. But like, you know, you may not like the mindset or like the culture of, uh, you know, a certain city that you might live in. I know I hate going there. Because you said how many got, people? It's got like 100,000. 100,000. 10 million mm -hmm. in all of L.A. And no, all of L.A. County. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the bigger, you know, the bigger the, the the population, nine times out of 10, you got a better chance of finding, you know, I guess the person to connect with. Right. Depending he, on it. Uh, you got to keep that environment down. But, well, no, no. But, that's, I'm just giving you an example yeah, but of Houston, LA. But a place, I, think, I think Houston will work Houston for me right huge. now. Yeah. Houston I think it's got huge. like, uh, I think it's like maybe 4 million people. But I could still be wrong. Get, get I, into traveling and you know, kind of, I mm -hmm. guess, outside of. Oh yeah, no, I don't get me wrong. No, I get what you're Texas. saying. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely gonna. I mean, that's just something that I want to do. Uh, keep traveling, keep uh, gaining new experiences. Yeah, I'll definitely keep my options open. That's that's the thing because I know normally when I go on the trips, it's just okay. I'm checking out the place, but I never did think of it from that perspective of oh, let me see what the dating culture is like here. Yeah. And see if it's uh if it's better for me here. I never thought about it like that. You yeah. just learn little things from other cultures that you can incorporate into I guess your personal culture. Um, like for me, I love I love cooking. Um, and so like when I travel, I get like different types of spices, different types of vegetables they use in this place or you know. I kind of mix it up. I take all the good things from each country and I, you know, create my own perspective and, and yeah, you know. projects on things. And mm -hmm. I would say, um, I guess, you know, it's definitely, definitely, definitely different strokes for different folks is different for everybody. Because like I said, I don't really give um, like, I don't really try to do that. We haven't, you know, on the podcast, this may be the most we've probably gotten into talking about relationships or whatever, but because mm -hmm. I listen to myself and I'm like, you know, 
how would I give my same advice today? And it would sound weird because it'd be like, you know, where'd you meet your wife? Well, I met my wife in Atlanta. Everybody'd be like, not Atlanta. <laughs> Don't go to Atlanta looking for a wife. Yeah, <laughs> so, from from what so, I've heard, it might not be. The all right, yet. so I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to be like, all right, yo, my footsteps. You know that type of. So it's different strokes for different folks when it comes to relationships, but definitely don't, you know, don't force it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could definitely say don't, you know, don't necessarily force anything, you know, even with just, you'll feel it in your gut. <laughs> you know, you'll feel it in your gut. Like I said, father, definitely trust your gut and try not to, I ain't gonna say try not to, try to love as much as possible. That's something that I definitely would say from the beginning of the relationship to, and just try to, you know, one day at a time, make sure it's a love foundation. They Mm -hmm. teach in movies, break each other's heart. No. Allow each other to change too. Like, yes, people get used to how they are when they first meet each other. And then they're like, okay, this is how I am. And this is how you are. And they kind of get stuck with that. And, you know, there's, they want to change and everybody's allowed to change and, you know, letting each other morph into um, the people that we want to become without feeling like, oh, I have to stick to this character or this, you know, um, so yeah, allow each other to morph, I guess. Yeah. Because you're always mm-hmm. gonna, you're always gonna change, and there's a stereotype that a lot of people have about your relationship that you don't even have yet, and they got the plan already, kind of for how they can picture your relationship going and stuff. It's set in a certain way, of course. That's perspective. That's from TV. That's from uh, the the um, reality TV shows. That's from just really, you know. Hollywood in general. And a lot of people build their relationship off, you know, just a low vibration and distrust. I don't, you know, I'm gonna have my secrets, you keep your secrets. And you know, we both keep our secrets, we spend time with each other, we learn to do, you know, it's it's still different strokes for different folks. Like I said, we got a trust that a lot of people don't have, but don't do the name calling thing. Try not to do the name calling thing there's a generation that has been taught to break each other's heart and say, Hey, forgive me. That's love. If you love me, you'll forgive me for hurting you. No, that's not necessary. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's not, then we're in a society now where people feel like that's necessary. And you mentioned effort and trust me, I definitely understand what you mean on effort as far as from um your 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 pops i remember i watched a segment i think who was it was it gladys knight or it was it may not have been Gladys. it was but it was a certain part on tv where there was his father and there was this 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 woman he had two daughters she basically accused him or made created a uh lie 
that, you know, he was molesting them. I think I remember that. I think that was uh, Ayanla Fix My Life. And he had the three daughters and the mom was saying that uh, it was like the middle or the youngest daughter saying that he was molesting her. And the whole time she ended up believing it all for him to take the polygraph and for the mom to take it. And then it turns out it was a lie the whole time. And then the mom didn't even care that that she lied. Right. Mm -hmm. That part. Her thing was, why didn't you try harder? Oh, yeah. I I remember her saying that. Not I was just sitting there just dumbfounded, like in disbelief that of all things that she could have said in that moment. Oh, well, you should have tried harder. Yes. Crazy. And sometimes people will feel like that's the foundation of love. No, Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. So it comes. Love can come pretty easy. It's going to be some hard things in there. Even just like Jada Pickett said, it can be also be devastating. You know, at the mm-hmm. end of the road, it's going to be some devastation at the end. But if you can, the longer you can go in relationships, even for, you know, certain pit people that feel like, all right, I'm going to sling out, bitch. I'm, we mad. All right, bitch, what you do, such and such? No, no, no. And that's one of the things, even both ways, Females, same thing, you know, feel like, okay, I can say whatever. Mm -hmm. Nah, it's not necessary. You can have a disagreement, you know, you can get that understanding, but don't be Hollywood with it. You know, Hollywood is Hollywood and them people cut. All right. And they go home and do their own thing, you know, and their relationships be just as destroyed as well. As we see. Everybody, please send positive energy to Brother Kanye West. <sighs> you know, very successful brother. Now, you up to date on his struggles? Uh, I know he, he got divorced from his wife and she uh, she's with uh, a comedian right well, now. And he's yeah, trying no, to see his daughter or something like that. Probably that part, too. I'm not sure. But what he's posting on Instagram, and that's just all what I'm seeing from Instagram and what he's releasing is just about how he wants to keep her off TikTok or he was trying, mm-hmm. he don't want to be, he's against her being on TikTok and you know, you have the other issues, but like I said, he's done, you know, he's successful. He's, he's trying to get everything right, but you, you know, it, it, you still have these situations in what they could say was rooted in love. These people have kids together. So, Definitely don't paint your relationship off that either. Find your relationship or find your soulmate. And hopefully, you know, people have to learn what a soulmate is. Some people know what soulmates are. Some people have no idea. You know, and I say a good marriage goal and what helps longevity is to build a career together. Like you say, you still families, get your own businesses, start a business together as a family. That's similar thing. They still mm-hmm. teach, you know, kind of, yo, get your job. He have his job. You have your job. Y'all have his friend. I mean, he had his friends. You got your friends and y'all that way. No, if, you know, in relationships, you should be able to spend, you know, unlimited time together. You People, people don't, they, 
don't understand it, yes, you really should be able to sit there, talk about everything, and really be able to spend unlimited time together. Yes, you're gonna I, want to spend time away. My bad, but go ahead. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, don't you think it's kind of crazy how people want to take all this advice to model their relationships at these people with dysfunctional relationships? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's always been pretty interesting to me that people yes. will look to these celebrities and they'll get like this um this Hollywood type of view, kind of what you're saying about like what a relationship is supposed to be like. And they they I feel like they think it's cute. I feel like they think it's like entertaining or like exciting that's all it is. to have like a celebrity type relationship. But really, you know, looking at what's happening with these celebrities, uh, it's like, why would you want that in your life? Why would you want that happening? And it's always been crazy to me that people will see that stuff and say, yeah, that's what we're going to do, too. You know, yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat and all that. He's going to cheat. And then we're going to make up or whatever. And we're going to have separate funds. We're going to do this and that. We're going to treat each other like we're disposable. You know, if he does anything wrong, I'll just go talk to this, these other guys talking to me on Instagram. I mean, it's really, it's really crazy to me. And some, you could even like think about like the narcissism at play too, where some of these people think like they're so special and so unique that they think, you know, even though it's not working for 99% of these other people that are doing the exact same stuff, it's going to work for me though. You know, I'm going to be able to have my own little money and do what I want to do, even though nobody else can get this type of guy i'm gonna be able to get this type of guy that's you know a millionaire six three and all that because i'm that special or you know even on the guy side you know guys that might not be doing anything uh, with their life or maybe not enough to be getting these type of women that they're expecting to get and they think that they that's what they deserve it's like who do you think you are so yeah i I can definitely see where you're coming from yeah and anybody that looks to i would say anybody that's looking to people that aren't that aren't even like attainable to them to see how they should model their relationship uh, I, I think that's just the wrong way to go i would say try and find somebody that's like near you like somebody you can actually go and talk to that has a relationship you respect and and go from there don't look at i would say don't look at these celebrities and all that we're the only reason why they're even staying together it's just because you know they have kids or you know because they don't want to lose half their money yeah yeah, and it's not even just the celebrities. It, as we see, it goes into. You know, oh yeah, I mean, other people everybody. modeling their relationships after celebrities too. You know, regular people yeah. thinking that this stuff is is cute, that this stuff is entertaining. That's how it's supposed to be. Getting people getting energy from that that type of stuff, thinking that that's how like life is supposed to be to have all that like constant turmoil. No, yeah. and, and trauma and all that. You're not supposed it's, to. be It's really that. ridiculous. Yeah, you're not supposed to be in that. So that's why I could say, you know, just try as much to just kind of keep your relationship founded and, you know, foundation of of love, you know, and just being considerate of, you know, reality or life, just the ups and downs of life. Sometimes she's up, sometimes I'm up, you know, we've taken our turn. The longer you, you live, you could be together 40 years and you'll see like, Hey, this was not what we pictured, but you know, we've, we, we learned it that, you know, we glad we got each other and we, you know, we're glad we have allowed each other to adapt because if, yeah, if we wouldn't have, yeah, we'd be very stagnant and that's, you know, mm-hmm. people don't allow themselves to adapt in relationships. It's hard. People. And it is hard. 
I give everybody I don't think people yeah. really even know what love is. I know like you were saying to root to like root the relationship in love, but I feel like so many people haven't even seen love around them. Like I don't think most of these people that are doing this stuff we're talking about even know. Maybe that's water. And it's gener- generation towards this stuff. Yeah. To go back to yeah, the beginning of you know the, the subject is some of it is even generational. We you look back into some relationships and it's like, yo, it was a lot of heartbreak in some mm-hmm. some things. It might have been some outside kids from here. It might have been this, you know. Yeah, yeah, this type of stuff wasn't acceptable when um when my parents are growing up. Like their their parents, my grandparents, like if you got divorced around that time or like if you were a single mom or anything like that, that was looked down upon back when uh my parents were born, like around that time. You know, now it's kind of like commonplace. It's uh mm-hmm. generally accepted among society. But yeah, back then it's like, okay, the norm is for you to have a wife and for y'all to stay together and have kids and all that. Even, even though a lot of those times those relationships weren't doing well inside the house, it's just kind of different. Like you were saying, yeah, where it's a whole lot easier to see the dysfunction. It's uh, kind of a people's relationships today. There's pros and cons to that. I could still say Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Yeah, definitely. If you look at it, because it's like some relationships, you know, it might have been healthier to, to, or actually, you probably shouldn't have been together. And it's the time that we're in now. It just it justifies so much of the permission to a certain degree when you're kind of looking at it because you got some terrible relationships out here. You got some people that's tricked into relationships, you know, mm-hmm. and in different cultures. <laughs> The funniest, what is it? The like arranged marriages guy. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Man, it's all the way across the board. But not even just with that. Just from her makeup look good, or you know, this just from that's where we live in that. From different back then, you know, you probably didn't have that case, but right now, yeah, you you don't know the lifestyle of a lot of women is you know makeup every day, wig every day. You know, you'll never really see my natural face. You know, but that's. We don't, you know, they, that's different. A lot of that has changed. So even dealing with certain men or just, it's a different connection. It's a, it's not the same necessarily genuine connection. I hope people don't find that offensive of what I said, but you know. Oh, I can, I can see where you're coming from though. And honestly, anybody that, you know, probably takes offense to it, they might have to do some reflection because. I think that uh, a lot of relationships nowadays are kind of what you're saying, like very shallow. They aren't necessarily based in, you know, like mutual values right. or anything like that. It's more so who do I look good with? Yeah. That, that's how it seems to me. You know, I I mean, like I'm young, so, you know, I don't know everything. But, you know, just from what my perspective is, kind of what I've gathered, that's what it seems is like mainly the most important thing for a lot, not all, but a lot of young people. Yeah. You can and, just ask, really ask somebody, what is it that you look for in a partner? And I guarantee you eight or nine out of 10 young people will all say stuff that's interchangeable among pretty much anybody that you can swipe on on the dating app. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be anything that like makes it to where it's something that you would see value in that person that's unique to them and want to stick with them. It's all interchangeable stuff. You can, you can literally put that criteria probably into a dating app or like a search filter and find 
hundreds of thousands of other people that meet the exact same criteria. If you look at the stuff that people say now for what they want in a partner. Mm. Communication is, is everything I could say. And I wonder if you put that up there just as number one communication. You know, I wonder. Yeah, I was, I would say it's definitely an important part of it because if someone doesn't have the ability to be able to share what their expectations are, or, you know, maybe tell you what the issues are that are in your current relationship, or maybe just what they're dealing with personally, tell you to be able to mesh with them and cover all the gaps together. then it's probably not going to work. So when it comes to, I guess, like your, your childhood with with growing Mm -hmm. up and you didn't have any, any brothers. No. So what was me? I had brothers. I have, you know, I'm the youngest, so I can also kind of gauge my emotions of kind of feeding off them as well. And, you know, like I said, we've still, we, like I said, we love our father to death to this day, mm-hmm. mom to death the same way. Like I said, they just both celebrate their 70th. But I could say that I, I did have them to kind of help me emotionally work through some father things or right. just, just, you know, that part of it. My oldest brother. Yeah. He was like, you know, the teenage guy in the, in the family. So I can't say I didn't have men in my family or in my, my growing up, I could still say I had my older brothers, you know? Yeah. So for you, mm-hmm. What is it like? I guess you were you the oldest? I was the oldest. You're the oldest. Still am. Yeah. 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 So what what is it like as the big brother, you know, to have to kind of try to figure that out and hold, you know, and then with your younger sisters, did they have any type of um, is it the same experience or same energy that you're that they have as well? Uh, I would say that all of our experiences were we're different, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like, uh, you know, noticing the shortcomings, you know, of, of the people like in our house, I would say, you know, at least two out of the three are on the same page. So to give you some, some more context, I actually haven't spoken to my dad in about two years now okay. and the middle sister, she, she's supported by him. She's off in college now, but yeah, she, she lived with him for the rest of her high school years and then went off to college and still goes back and, and lives in during the breaks. And, yeah. and the younger one lives at my mom and my stepdad. And so, you know, at least two out of three of us kind of see things the same way. But as far as um experience, like how it affected each of us personally, I would say it's a completely different dynamic because for one, you, you kind of talked about having like somebody to be able to I don't know if you're getting it like maybe like somebody to vent to or kind of talk stuff out with my brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't really an option. You could say, especially during the times when uh, I was living just with my father, because mm-hmm. my parents, they had split up multiple times. And after they got divorced, I lived with my dad for the majority of that time. And then after I went to college and everything, and, you know, we got into, you know, our own, uh, disagreements and all that in, in college that led to us not speaking anymore. But uh, for a large chunk of that time, though, like of me developing into a young man for a good bit of high school and, and for college, I was just living with him. And the thing is, there wasn't really anybody to speak to 
to kind of, you know, work through some of that stuff. Kind of just it didn't happen. Okay. Instead of uh, getting like that release, you could say it kind of just got bottled up. It kind of got just repressed and it led to me. It led to me um, letting that out in some um, in some negative ways, you could say for those um for those few years like when when things were like that you know i did the wasn't same really huh i said i did the same yeah, yeah definitely and so that's that's how that went and uh as far as like you know the treatment among you know me being the oldest and being a young man and then having two sisters uh you could say that uh something that seemed to be the case was that my issues, my problems, maybe my insecurities and things like that, and uh, me needing assistance with things took a back seat to what the uh what the young ladies in the house needed. And I definitely don't agree with that because at the end of the day, still a child too. But like I said, it kind of goes back to what his view of a man was and you know, that identity, that mask that he put on, thinking that a man needs to be independent and everything. And yeah, I would, I would think at least to a degree, a grown man should be independent, at least financially in in that sort of way. But you know, you have communities and friends and all that for a reason, Mm -hmm. but to put those expectations on a, on a young man, you know, that's 15, 16, trying to figure things out. That's a whole lot of pressure and, you know, end up leading to some unhealthy results. So that's how you could say my experience went. I understand. Uh, did you have any questions uh i think i had one more but i might have it might have slipped away at the end uh, i don't i don't really have any questions no okay well before we close it out uh yeah go uh, ahead before we get ready to close it out um what are some of the things actually i'm trying to think i know i had a question but i can't it's like that i don't want to close it out without I'm gonna have to let it slide. I guess bonus question though. I guess I'm gonna go ahead and ask, um, and I'm gonna start asking this a little bit more. Can you swim? Yes. When did you learn how to swim? Uh, I learned how to swim in um, in middle school. Yeah, I was. um, I'm trying to think of where I was. um, I was in Scouts in middle school and I didn't know how to swim. And so going to like a camp or whatever, they, I took like the swimming merit badge class and they taught me how to swim there. And I'm glad they did because yeah, it definitely could have changed the quality of my life. If I, if I didn't know how to swim, you know, with things I've done Mm. since then, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that I got that exposure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was my first time asking that question, but like I said, I want to, I'm going to start asking that question to more of our guests just to see, you know, who all can swim or how many people, you know, can swim. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it changed your life. I grew up as a lifeguard. I started lifeguarding when I was 15. Um, I recently taught a friend of ours how to swim, you know, and energy wise. It, it, I, I saw a complete change in his confidence. And like you said, it, it, it helps um, with energy. Um, I guess that was. Yeah, but that there's. Was- I think why you started asking that question is like we saw the there were stereotypes thing. on YouTube well, um, and just in general. So to a certain type, yeah, way, but 
I'm still interested just more in, you know, seeing the demographics of people that, that swim. Personal mm-hmm. survey. Yeah. So it's I, mean, a, I, th- I think there is a, a deeper explanation to it, you know, as because I mean, I'm assuming it's because they say black people can't swim. Right. And yeah. I think there might be something something to that. It could be a, a socioeconomic, excuse me, sort of thing Yeah, where, you know, it may just so happen that it may be a lot of kids, you know, black kids that might be growing up in a disadvantaged environment. Uh, they're most likely not going to be paying for for swim lessons. Oh no, I'm I was a lifeguard. Or maybe don't for, have access to in a Mississippi, pool. I don't know. In Mississippi, I was a lifeguard for the public schools. You come to the to the pool, pay a dollar, and you know, you oh, got access man. to swimming. I've maybe had to save maybe two, three kids my whole mm-hmm. swimming career out of over five to six years. It was definitely super stereotype. I don't know Most what it is. Yeah, then. I don't it's know just, how that even. It's only a stereotype. Yeah, it's yeah. that's all that it is. Trust me, we swim like fish. You know, there's plenty of people out there that can't swim. You know, it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with black people can't swim. No. Yeah. But yeah, that's just a stereotype. But I still, I still didn't, I couldn't scrape up my, the question that I wanted to ask, but it's all good. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess before we close it out, um, tell the listeners where they can find you. Um, tell mm-hmm. them about your podcast. Yeah, sure. So once again, the name of the podcast is Him Improvement, H-I-M-P-R-O-V-E-M-E-N-T. The mission is to help guys activate their potential and achieve their goals in life. And if you like to find that, I do have a website. It's called himprovementpodcast.com. Or you could also check me out on Instagram. My uh, my Instagram is my first name, Kamani, K-A-M-A-N-I. And then the letters A and R, the number one. Or uh, you could also just look up the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of those major platforms. Yeah, and we'll have all of this information in the description, so you don't have to worry about writing it down. Meditation. Okay. You have any experience with meditation? Yeah, I've I've done some meditation. I used to be pretty consistent with it in the past, but uh, I haven't done it as much recently. But I actually had a guest come on. Uh, not too long ago that did like a whole thing about meditation. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that I didn't learn about until after college. If I would have knew about it when I was going through what I was going through, I know it would have helped then as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wish I had known about it in high school, <laughs> but you know about enough though, you know, about podcasting. I'm sure you probably know about cryptocurrency as well. So a little bit, a little yeah. bit. I have some friends that are, you know, much more knowledgeable about it than, than me. And so I just get the advice from them. Hey, that's the the environment that you really want to be around. Our parents didn't have them type of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't have crypto either. But. Yeah, that, yeah, all of that. Like I'm saying, it's just a new time, man. So grateful to talk to you. Appreciate your time and consideration. And Yeah, uh, likewise. I appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to come on your platform and uh, chop it up with you guys and appreciate you know, tell people about what I do. I definitely appreciate the the genuine conversation, even, you know, sharing with us about your experience and everything. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I I try and be as authentic as possible. You know, I feel like that's the best way to help people, right? Yeah, and that's, I'm here to learn from you, man. So we appreciate you for everybody. And for the podcast, you can find us at AmericanGypsy.com. 
you'll have access to all the episodes, the videos, um, and um, we ha- we have merch at luamli.com. And also have some nice vibes if you want to check out some music at classic, K-L-A-C-C-I-K, C-A-R-P-E-N-T-A, classic carpenter on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, and all Tidal, the music, platforms. all the platforms, yeah. YouTube, and all. Thank you again to our listeners. Thank you again, Kamani, and consistent self improvement, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Peace.